Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. a little bit from Trigger Hippie. It's 1234. That is the band that Steve Gorman plays in these days. And I want to find out when they're going to be playing again. But we have him on every few years, you know, like every time they play the World Cup. We'll probably have him on more often. But he's on the Brandon Mo- Moving and Storage Hotline to join us to talk about this year's matchup. The U.S. is on the pitch on Monday. So we thought we'd get his thoughts on their chances of making it out at least of the pool play. Steve, welcome. How are you? I'm all right, man. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. The, the the fact that I'm your World Cup analyst says you guys have a lot of work to do, but I'll take it for as long as it lasts. I had this conversation with some young folks the other day. Wes and I were invited to a conference to talk to uh, prospective broadcast students, and I told them one of my goals in doing what I do is to kind of feed the masses. You give the manna to the folks and what they want, which is like Razorbacks and football and things of that nature. But sometimes you have to tell them what they should be interested in, and I have to try to convince people that this is worthy of their time. So you're going to help me with that. Um, I'm happy to do so. Soccer is the first sport I ever played when I was six years old in Severna Park, Maryland, and uh, and and it's an absolute obsession with me. It has been from day one. I love football. I love SEC football. I love basketball. I love it all. There's plenty of room for the beautiful game on everybody's sports calendar. You just got to try it. Steve is not some Yankee trying to shove this down your throats, my friends. He's a guy that lives in the South and grew up in the South and loves all the things we love, too. So there you go. He's, he's qualified. He's I, so good. I, I moved to a small town in Kentucky when I was 10 years old in 1975. And, in fact, uh, there was, there was a, one small private school in our town that my brothers and I were nowhere near smart enough to get into, but they did have a soccer team. So suddenly we found schoolwork to be very important. <laughs> and, uh, and and we, we were accepted. We literally chose the school just because they played soccer. Um, and uh, and I have been thrilled to see soccer grow to the extent it has. Uh, uh, Nashville SD had a great year this year. I have season tickets. Uh, to, to think that Nashville would have a 30,000-seat soccer stadium sold out for a whole season – I, I, tears in my eyes at every match. There, yeah. I said it. That's amazing. By the way, uh, for those of you who don't care about soccer but like making money, we've been talking a lot about gambling since it came to Arkansas not long ago, Steve. Uh, Americans are predicted to wager a record $1.8 billion on the 22 World Cup, and Wes is just squinching up his forehead trying to figure out, how do I bet on soccer? There's a lot of different ways, actually. You can bet on all kinds of interesting uh, prop bets and things, but let's talk about the favorites for those of us who are in it for the sport of it. And on the betting lines, at least, Brazil is your favorite. Argentina is second. The United States back in the pack. And let's let's start with the, the U.S. team because that's what most people will be interested in. What are your chances of getting them out of pool play? I guess they've got to be one of the top two of the four, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And and for anyone that really doesn't pay any attention to this, it's it's a tale of two tournaments. There's the round robin, and then there's the knockout stage. And, and more than in any other sport at any other event this is really true there's two entire different mindsets and the job for the u.s like every other team is just simply to advance you're going to play three teams Uh, our group is wales england and iran and you don't have to win all three games you don't have to win any of the games you just have to have more points than two of the other teams it truly doesn't matter how you look if you have impressive wins or ugly wins you simply want to advance and and move forward. It's like the it's like March Madness in that regard. 
you know, no one cares how you win, just win. Once you get to the knockout stage, then it's then it's a whole different ballgame. Then it's single elimination. Okay. I think the U.S. has a great chance of advancing this time around. Iran shouldn't be a factor. There, there's no way that team should be able to keep up with our talent. The only troubling part about playing Iran is it's our third match. And if we've already lost to Wales and England, if we're already in trouble, we could be a very disheartened team. And, of course, anybody can beat anybody in the game of soccer. But I feel good we play Wales first. Wales hasn't been to a World Cup since 1958. You know, Wales, it's like Northern Ireland. They have great players, but never enough to get through the European uh, qualification rounds. So, yeah, there is world-class soccer being played in Wales, but only by a handful of players. The, the top players on that team are better than our top players. Our depth and our bottom-up, ground-up talent is be- better than what Wales is coming in with. So I feel pretty confident. And if we beat Wales in the first match, the confidence we'll feel from that is going gonna, is gonna to carry us through hopefully a draw with England and then beating Iran. Um, but that Wales game, you can't overstate how important it is for so many reasons. We haven't played a World Cup game in like 3,000 days. We missed 2018. So that first game, Monday against Wales, is absolutely humongous, not just for this tournament but for U.S. soccer. Who are the players for America that we need to know? Well, uh, Christian Pulisic is, is really – he plays for Chelsea in the English Premier League. He's probably the biggest name player right now. But we have Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Gio Reyna. These are all young Americans, all under 25, who all play in Europe. And they don't just play. They contribute. They score goals. They start more often than not on their clubs in Europe. So we have – this is the most talented team we've ever had. But, but then again – they just got to uh, Qatar a week ago. It's not like they play together all year round. It's basically, you know, the World Cup is like an all-star game. It's who gels the most, the quickest, that usually wins. It's not just about pure talent. But, obviously, having the most talented team we've ever had and having the most seasoned, I think, in world-class soccer talent. The, the team has never had this many players playing top-level soccer in the rest of the world before. So, you know, but 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 Pulisic and and uh, Gio Reyna, those are the two. Names. Just remember Christian and Gio. Those are the two names of the two guys who have the best chance to really step up and, and lead this team. Are there any controversies going into this as far as guys that didn't make the team or guys that aren't playing that should be? I thought I read some comments about that that maybe there's a younger player that should be getting some minutes that isn't. Yeah, there's a few real head scratchers. Um, you know, we had a, a goalkeeper, Stefan, who basically has been the man for the last four years. I mean, he, he was leading the team game in and game out. He didn't make the cut. He's in his mid-30s. And, and the coach, uh, you know, when they were making the cuts, Ber, Berhalter said, you know what, it really comes down to the last six months. Who's fit? Who's in the best shape? Who's the sharpest right now? And, and they had to make a couple of tough choices. They, they did cut a few people that, that were everybody expected to see on the team. Now, no one's going to think twice about that. If we go out and beat Wales, just that first-round game, if we get a win, no one's going to care which goalie didn't make the team. No one's going to care which aging midfielders were left off. When we went to, tw- to Brazil in 2014 without, uh, without Landon Donovan, and suddenly we showed up with a team that didn't have too many people who knew how to score goals. Well, yeah, all of a sudden everybody's like, I don't care how old Landon Donovan is, he should have been there. Mm-hmm. 
that game against Wales, that's another reason why it's so important. If you want to take away the question marks from the roster, win your first game and everybody forgets it. Talking to Steve Gorman on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, musician, author, radio host, and World Cup soccer analyst. You can add it to your resume. Three games. I'm going to make this real easy for everybody listening again. One o'clock is when the games are on. Monday, Friday, Tuesday against, respectively, England and Wales. Or Wales and then England, I guess, right? It's Wales first? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. My list was originally backwards here. And then and then Iran, the last game, as we mentioned, to get out of the uh, round robin. Uh, as far as the England, the England yeah. game, hey, the England game, you know, that's the day after Thanksgiving. Right. So you don't have NFL. You don't have the giant college rivalry games because those are on Saturday. The day after Thanksgiving, that will be, I, I'm quite certain, based and, and I mean, this is just based on everybody who pays attention to these things saying so, it'll be the highest rated, most watched soccer game in American television history. That makes sense. Um, you know, everybody, there's a, and obviously it's against England. It's the day after Thanksgiving. There's all those, our, our subconscious uh, mm-hmm. sports mind, whether you think you care or not, everybody's got something to cheer for in that yeah. game. The only thing that can make it better is if it's on 4th of July. But I'm, I'm thankful <laughs> that we broke away from England years ago, too, because we, we like our culture just fine. Uh, it is also the lead-up to the Arkansas-Missouri game. Don't forget about the battle line rivalry, Steve. That's a huge one around these parts. It could be the get bowl eligible game for right. those two. So uh, Mizzou, Mizzou has made people very uncomfortable all yes. season long. So, um, uh, you know, Arkansas should certainly, in my estimation, win that game. But they better be focused, man, because, you know, I, I, that's a bizarre football team is. from north of the border, as only you guys could possibly say. That is the only thing that makes me nervous or uncomfortable about Missouri is watching their nerdy coaches' press conferences. I cannot stand Eli Drinkwitz that if Arkansas loses to them again, I'm going to lose it. Steve Gorman joining us. Uh, hey, listen, yes. I, learned this, I learned this a long time ago. You don't have to justify hating Mizzou. It's okay. okay. You don't need a reason. Yeah, they really are kind of a weird – they're a weird state, and it's, it's we don't have time to go into it. Um, let me ask you about uh, Traylon Burks, and I almost say that warily because you asked me before when you guys drafted him, when the, when the Titans drafted him, what am I – we going to like this guy or not? We loved him at Arkansas, and I think he's he's mostly just like fishing, hunting, and ball. He's a good dude. I know he's been injured some, but what what's been the buzz around Nashville about him? There's still there's still some serious optimism. There's not a sense of okay, that was a mistake by any stretch. We haven't seen much of him, you know, frankly. And and the the, the big thing going on around here is we're now in year two of of a terrible offensive coordinator situation. Um, and of course, this is following a twelve and five season where we're now six and three. So people are going to complain about no matter about anything, pretty much, unless you're undefeated and unless Ryan Tannehill suddenly looks like Tom Brady ten years ago. So, but but Burks is in a, in, a, in a good thing for him. He's kind of flying under the radar because, like last year, the Titans have already played. They've already played like seventy nine players. Like they, we have this turnover. Injuries have been killing this team, and Vrabel somehow keeps them focused for all 60 minutes of every game, and they pull out really ugly wins. And, you know, historically speaking, ugly wins say a lot more about a team than pretty wins. And the culture of the team is very strong, and I think that I, – I don't think anybody's decided he can't make it. I think, if anything, he's in a great – he's in a great culture. He's on a great team that will hopefully develop him. I'd love to see a new offensive coordinator. Right now, thanks to Malik Willis, doing what he's done, I hesitate to call it playing quarterback, <laughs> um, and some of the other receivers being so inept at catching good good balls. Uh, your boys, like I said, he's, he's off everyone's radar. 
all he can do is come back and, and improve the the and, and make the team look better. So hopefully that's that happens to start. I mean, I think he's back in Thursday night. So hopefully we see him do something up at Lambeau. Let's hope so. Um, basketball season is upon us. We're in crossover season, so we get soccer, football, basketball, and whole lot, hockey. I mean, there's all kinds of things happening right now. We could talk about the Preds at another time, I guess. But let me ask you about uh, Musselman and your impressions of him at Arkansas. Uh, I have no impressions whatsoever. Sorry to say. Okay. How do you uh, feel? If you want, if you want to give me some, I'll echo them to the whoever I speak to and act like it was my opinion. Yeah, and we love him because he's high energy and he's done a great job recruiting. He just brought another five star in. The SEC's obviously upgraded coaches across the board, and it's become much harder to win in this league. It used to be kind of an also random basketball with a couple of exceptions, right? But uh, no, I think he's helping to set the bar for the league. I think well, well, I, I, I will, I will go so far as to say it's a great. It, he was a great hire, and he is a guy who has. Like you said, the energy. I mean, he, he's, you know what he is? He is taken very seriously by the rest of that world. He's the name, the name Musselman for, for a long time has mattered. Yeah. And he's just another member of the family who's doing things the right way. Um, I, I would hope that uh, everybody's paying attention to, to the Memphis Grizzlies already because, man, I can sit and watch John Morant mm. seven nights a week. Yeah, they took a tough one last night, but the Pelicans are pretty exciting too, and we'll see if uh... – their their skinnier version of their superstar is going to help them out long term. But yeah, we we actually carry the Grizzlies now, so I'm thrilled to pay a little oh, closer attention. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, um, well, well, New Orleans needs to remind Zion occasionally. You have to at least pretend that you know how to play defense, <laughs> even in the NBA. Especially in the NBA, I I will die on the hill of if you think the NBA doesn't factor in defense, just get, get come playoff time. You you are working all 94 feet of that court. Make no mistake. I've not shared this story with our listeners yet, but the headline reads, Pelicans' Zion Williamson shares his weight loss secrets. I'm going to share this with people here coming up after Thanksgiving, but it's a, it's a good story. I mean, who else can you trust to tell you how to lose weight than Zion? He knows, he knows better than most. I haven't read it, but I'm going to say something. Over, I'm going to suggest – I'm going I'm to guess that there's a, a paid nutritionist, chef, and, and a fleet of personal trainers involved in that weight loss plan. Jonas Lewis, personal chef, made all his meals from July through September. Yes, you're correct, sir. When you have money, it's easier to yeah. get skinny. Apparently, I, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the person or the personal chef that doesn't lose weight because that's who I want to interview. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? And especially, <laughs> where'd you find this chef? What's happening? Exactly. If someone, if somebody told me every day of my life moving forward, you know what, Steve? We know what you like to eat. And every so often, we're just going to walk into a room and hand you a bowl and a spoon. I'd be the happiest guy on planet Earth. I am. I am so private planes. I'm sure they're great. You know, a ranch house in Montana might be nice. Give me a private chef. First, first thing when I win that Powerball, baby. It's all about someone else thinking and preparing all my food for me. Let me ask you a couple of music things. We haven't had you on. I think you were the book was right about to come out when we had you on last time, and it hadn't been out yet. Hard to handle the life okay. and death of the Black Crows. Are you still moving copies? Are people still buying them? I actually was kind of a late, uh, late reader of it. I was, you know, blown away by it. I think I texted you after I finally finished it. I'm, I'm slow when it comes to reading. Uh, are you still um, selling, selling books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's doing well, and 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 God bless them. Uh, this the the Black Crows 2.0 is touring, and and that certainly doesn't hurt uh, to sell books. The fact that that band in its current incarnation is still out working. What about your band, Trigger Hippie? Are you guys going to get out this year? 
or coming year? That's, we've been. Well, let's hope. I mean, we we have a. I have a call this afternoon where everybody's got their calendars out and we're looking at availabilities. The um, we had a we were you know like like every band on earth. COVID really uh, kicked us in the teeth. Um, and for us, I think there was a few factors that have really uh, led to us struggling to get back up and running. And, and, and key among them is, you know, I, I'm 57 years old, man. I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I was ready for the build in 2019. We put a record out and we had a ton of shows booked and we were going to go hit the road and grind it out. I sat at home for two years. And honestly, the idea of getting in the van uh, and working our way back up, to where we get a bus and doing 150 shows, I, something over the last few years flipped in my head, and I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not. I just can't do it. I'm not interested. I've done enough. We we are going to be playing shows. Mm-hmm. You know, our goal now is to just get 40 to 50 shows a year. Yeah. You know, uh, a good solid four or five day weekend once a month. That will be more than enough to scratch uh, my itch, and hopefully everyone else is cool with that. But you know, there's just a point when you realize. I, Trigger Hippie exists because we all love playing together and having fun. It does not exist because we're all trying to take over the world and figure out who we are. Most young bands, you know, young bands get together with all those ideas, and mm-hmm. and thank, thankfully, uh, some of them find success. and And I'm certainly grateful every day for the success I had. That's not what Trigger Hippie's here for. So um, my my knees and my elbows. Are, are much happier with me playing about 50 shows a year. Yeah, I would like to uh, just have a shot to see the band at some point this next year. That would be fine. I try to see as much live music as I, I could this last year, and certainly yeah. want to continue that next year. So that would be good. We got down. We did a festival. Um, oh, I'm so, October, oh, right? We did one e one time. Yeah, you know, four four or five years ago. Okay. Um, we we are actively looking for festivals and stuff like that. It's just it's an easier thing, but uh, we would love to come down if. Um, you know, if you guys, if you want to, if you cook up an event for the show, uh, for the station, I should say, mm-hmm. anything, anything in mind, you do, you know me personally, let me know if there's something that you think is kind of cool. If there's a, uh, if there's a reason for us to show up and, and set up and play, we're, we, we'd certainly give it a shot. I would dig that. All right. Before we let you go, we're talking to Steve Gorman, by the way, for just tuning in. Um, can I real quick? I got like one minute left. Are, are you doing your show live? Steve Gorman rocks. Are you doing it live? No, Steve Blum and Rocks has not been live since the pandemic hit. I do it every day. I do it in the afternoon. Um, tonight's show, it's it's weird. I mean, I mean, I have flexibility. If I have a travel day, I can record the show before my flight or whatever. But generally speaking, um, I, I and I say I do it every day because a lot of syndicated shows like this, they just front load. You know, they'll they'll record their whole week on a Monday or something. Right. I do the show every day. I'll do it this afternoon. And, like, the show hits at 6 p.m. Central, and I have gotten the show put together, edited, and uploaded by 5.30. And then the later hours, you know, the first hour of the show is in. So it, it's a couple hours early. It's like tape delay NBA games from the 70s. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about two hours uh, after it's actually, you know, we're a two-hour delay. Gotcha. But that's as close to live as we can make it happen. Uh, because of just how everything has changed so much in the last two and a half years. That'll do. Got to let you go. Last thing, who's your winner? Give me, give me the World Cup champ. Um. Oh man, I, I would, you know, I of course would love very much to say uh, the U.S. I'm not going to say that. If there's a dark horse, obviously Brazil and Germany, safest bets every time, always. Senegal, 
the African champion, uh, they are going to make a lot of noise. And if I was going to pick a team that's not exactly a dark horse, but no one is picking, if you want to get good odds, go with Senegal. Yep, they're plus 13,000. Steve, thank you so much. Hope to do it again. Anytime, brother. Thank right, you. Take care. Steve Gorman, always a good guest. And there you go. We try to give the World Cup report for the average person because mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners, we realize, don't follow. And I don't either. I admit it.